Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, saints of God, amen, la da da to everybody, men and women of God, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you all tonight to our Thursday night wisdom call, Bible study, and prayer and comments, you know, amen, we just gonna hang out and do it all tonight to the glory of God, amen, so thank you all for taking the time out on a Thursday evening and joining with us tonight, amen, even the broader audience out there, we welcome all of our our friends around the world, amen, that thought it not Robert to come on tonight and learn some things, learn some wisdom, amen, and get some understanding about the revelations of Jesus Christ, amen. We are Pastor Sharon and Pastor Lester here, pastors of, more than, of New Freedom Christian Ministry, and we're also accompanied tonight by our very own pastors, Eric and Phoebe Davis, from More Than Conquered Words Christ Ministry, and we have a combination of members from both of those ministries, and whoever else is out there, we welcome all of you tonight, clergy, members, Believers, whoever, we welcome you tonight, amen. Pray and hope tonight you'll hear something, amen, that will bring some another level of understanding about the revelations of Jesus Christ, amen. And so let's get ready to get into this word, amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you tonight. We praise you tonight. We give you glory and honor tonight. Holy Ghost, we ask you now to have your way tonight. Be with us tonight. Teach us. Bring everything back to our remembrance that we've already learned and continue to reveal more and more of the revelations of Jesus Christ. We want to know all there is to know about him so that when the trial comes and the, and, the, and the trouble comes, we will not have to search for things to say, but we'll say what he gives us to say at that time. But how can we say what we don't know and how can we know what we have not studied and learned? And so we want to be like the apostles in the book of Acts when they went away and studied the word of God, searched the scriptures to verify their calling. The Bible said they came back and people recognized they spoke with the tongue of the learned. Yes. This is our heartfelt desire that we not speak in ignorance uh, for lack of knowledge and understanding and lack of wisdom. But God, we speak with the tongue of the learned. So teach our tongues how to speak tonight so that when the time comes, we might be able all to give an answer that will bring glory and praise to your holy name, Jesus. Now, thank you, Holy Ghost, for opening up this word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Again, greet all of you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, brothers, sisters, amen, brethren, saints of God. Uh, we're going to be opening up our study tonight. We started a brand new chapter, chapter 17 in the book of John this morning. Amen. Covered the first eight verses where we learned some things about Jesus as a great intercessor. And we're going to dive into this tonight. Amen. And go just a little bit further into the teaching tonight. Amen. <clears throat> We're not going to go back over those verses, but we will mention, amen, that this whole chapter is a chapter that focuses on prayer. Amen. And this is why we uh, relate to ourselves as prayer warriors and intercessors. <clears throat> it's another way that we can be like Jesus. Amen. Because he was a prayer warrior. He was an intercessor. He was a praying man. He stayed in communication with the Father which is basically what prayer is. And he did not think it Robert to pray for himself, amen. But we learned this morning that things he prayed for himself was right in line with the Father's will for him. He gave up glory. He was going to get it back. And he prayed to the Father that as he's glorified, that the Father would give him back what he gave up to become a man to come and dwell among his disciples and teach them how to do the work that, that he did and greater works that they were going to do in that order. And you can't do any work unless you learn how to communicate with the Father through Jesus Christ. Your work is in vain. Unless God release you to do a thing, and then we don't get ahead of God and go do our own thing. The Bible forbids us to lean toward our own understanding. But it said in all of our ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. And so we have to be able to talk to the Father 
amen and amen and so praise the lord so tonight we're going to pick up our study amen uh in verse uh we went for eight last night so we're going to pick up our study tonight in verse nine amen praise the lord praise the lord and we want to speak to you tonight from uh the subject uh where well the revelation amen of jesus christ actually praying amen for his disciples amen praying for his disciples those that the father had given to him amen is where we want to pick up our study tonight amen we thank the lord tonight for his word amen praise god verse number nine we're going to try to get down to verse 19 again this is thursday night wisdom call and bible study and prayer uh, i'll be your host and teacher tonight the subject uh, again the revelation of jesus christ jesus christ prayed for his disciples and our scripture text tonight is taken again out of the book of john chapter 17 verses 9 amen through 19 uh, now, this word, uh, I love intercessor, and since we're going to see Jesus as an intercessor who intercedes for himself, he's not interceding for his disciples, and he's interceding for those that are going to be one to Jesus Christ through his disciples, amen, the ones that the Father had given him once he sanctified them for the work of ministry. Now, they're going to be those who are going to be added to the family through their work, amen, which Jesus is preparing them to be able to do, amen, as he intercedes for them, amen, because of the work that is before them. And I love this word, uh, uh, intercessor, amen. We can relate to this word. And the word intercessor, uh, if I may define this word, it means prayer, it means to petition, uh, it means or entreaty uh, in behalf of another person, a person, a group of people, it's the act of uh, mediating between two parties uh, for the purpose of effecting a reconciliation. Uh, God wanted to reconcile his people back to him. And Jesus Christ was the catalyst. He was the instrument that came to teach this to the disciples. Amen. Which what the father's will was for them. Amen. And so he was that catalyst. He was the one that came to reconcile us back to the father. Amen. And to be able to reconcile those that will follow him. And then they would also go forth after he would depart, being guided by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, to reconcile others back to the Father through Jesus Christ. One of the offices of Jesus Christ is that of an intercessor. Amen. In his capacity of mediating, he intercedes with God, the Father, on behalf of mankind, not only himself, the disciples, but remember, his, his focus was broader than that. He really came to die for the whole world, sins of the world. And so how can you die for someone if you're not going to pray for them? You know, so he prayed to the Father for them. All that the Lord would give to him, amen. He said, Father, they're not mine, but they are thine, amen. Keep them that you have given. Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. And so, amen, on behalf of mankind, he intercedes. However, the, uh, uh, the, the teaches us, this teaches us that the Holy Spirit also makes intercession for us. In the epistle of Paul, there is a considerable emphasis on the duty of Christian believers to intercede for one another, just like Jesus. Amen. Uh, intercession, you know, so we have the intercession of Jesus Christ in the Bible, in the book of Luke chapter uh 
23, verse 34, the King James Bible. Some of you probably know this. It says, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. We know when this was said, when they was getting ready to crucify him, he's telling the Father to forgive. He's interceding for them, even in death. Amen. Because he has to be glorified. You know, in order for the Holy Spirit to come. And so he's 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 interceding for them right here, even the ones that's crucifying him. Goes on in the book of Romans, chapter 8, Paul writes, verse 34, the King James Bible, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Now that's his glorified position. Father restored him back to that position. Now he can be a high priest, as we learned this morning, a high priest advocate praying for us before the Father. Amen. And so when we pray to the Father, we don't just go right directly to the Father like some people do. They'll start screaming and yelling, petitions for God, 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 because they love that because they don't like to offend people. They like to be politically correct. But the Bible said when we pray, pray in this manner, pray in Jesus' name. Why? That, that unlocks the access to, to the Father when he recognized that we know the way to get to him and to be heard by him is through his son, Jesus Christ. Got to acknowledge him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Awesome, incredible. I like to say awesome, incredible, amazing. Name of your son, Jesus, we come before you unified. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, Brad Sharon was over in that book this morning, chapter 10, and, and uh, one of the scriptures that... that <clears throat> Several of them in Hebrews that I'm looking at, it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 17, the King James Bible, another one of Paul's writings. Wherefore, in all things, <clears throat> I love this, in all things, it behooves him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. For what reason? To make reconciliation for the sins of the people, you know, interceding for them to the Father. You know, he had to become like them, amen. Or they, if he didn't come like them, they probably wouldn't have had nothing to do with him. So he had to demonstrate some things to them that they actually had the potential to do if they would just trust God. So he didn't come as, as God. He, he, he was God, but he came as a man, son of man. He had to be like them so that he could show them, you don't have to sin against the law. You know, I'm, I'm going to show you in my own example. Then I'm going to turn around because I know you're going to fail and I'm going to intercede for you. Yes. You know, isn't that amazing? Show you how to do it. Then turn around and intercede that you might be able to do it. And, and others that you're going to share, share and intercede for, they too might be able to do it. That it just keeps being increased and increasing, going and going and going. Every generation. He goes on in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 the King James Bible. He says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. When he's interceding, he don't want sin to get in the way because sin will block your petition. You know, sin will delay things. It might not deny things. It will delay things so you can repent and get back in right standing with God. Why? Sent Jesus to reconcile you back so we really are without excuse. You know, how can you continue to sin therein when he has forgiven you and delivered you from it? You know, and this is what Jesus is doing. You know, he, he, he's praying to the Father, you know. And I love this, man. We're going to learn tonight in the scriptures that Jesus did not pray for the world. I thought that was interesting day when I was reading that. He did not pray for the world, but he prayed for them that God was going to save through the ones that he was he was interceding for his disciples. 
You know, he the, the, the ones that are saved and the ones that was going to be saved, those are the ones that he prayed for. Those are the ones he interceded for. He didn't pray for the world, you know, but that God would keep those that were saved that, that, it, that God had given him and the ones that he was going to give him through their witness, through their ministry. I thought that was kind of interesting. Over in the book of Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 of King James Bible, he says this, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost, listen to this now, that come unto God by him. See, that future, intercede for that future generation, by him, coming in by him. Amen. Can't get to the Father unless you come by him. And if the disciples that he's going to release to go out there and, and, and do the work, if they don't do it in his name, there will be no increase. You know, that's why when he said, when you go, don't take no script, don't take no purse, don't take no cloak, just go in my name. And the Bible said when they went out and, and it was 70 of them broken down in two pairs, which were 35 pairs. And the only thing he told them to go was to go and do things in his name. And when they did, he said, now, they don't accept you. Shake the dust off your feet and, and move on. You know, don't don't sit there and labor and, and struggle with it. Because remember, I'm, I'm interested in those who are going to believe on the father through Jesus. Yes. Not those who are going to continue to be in opposition. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, don't want to give up that life for, for his life, you know. And so, you know, and so he, he you know, he's telling them, amen, you know, that, you know, uh, you know, that God is, 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 is all about those who want to be saved, <clears throat> all about those who want to turn to him and believe. And so he says, you know, where he's able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He's right there right now. He never stopped being an intercessor. He never will stop being an intercessor until we see him face to face. But he's just doing it from a high priestly position right now. And he's working through his disciples, through the Holy Spirit, who intercedes for us. Remember, Book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26, 27, said we don't know how to pray as we should. But the Holy Ghost, man, he intercedes for us with moaning and groanings, things that cannot be uttered with words. We don't know what to say. But he knows the mind of God, so he prays according to the will of God. He intercedes for us according to the will of God and teach us how to intercede, teach us how to pray, you know. And so in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, the King James Bible says, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate, amen, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That's our high priest and intercessor. Always remember that. Always go to the Father in Jesus' name. You want the Father to hear your prayers, answer your prayers, and show you great and mighty things. That's what I want. That's what I, we should all want, that we don't even have any idea. And always remember, God will bless us based on what he knows we need, not always what we want. Let him add things to us that we want based on us first seeking his way of doing things, his righteousness. Uh, amen. Uh, the intercession of the Holy Spirit is very important. Amen. When we look in the Bible again in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26, the King James Bible, because he's God with us right now. He's the spirit of truth. He's the paracleto, one that walks alongside of us. He's that second helper that we have. He is the third person of the Godhead body. He's the counselor. He's the comforter. He's the guide. He's the one that's got all the gifts of the spirit. He's the one that's got all the fruit of the spirit to be manifested in the life of the believer. Okay, as he sees fit that the body of Christ may be edified. That's the only use for those gifts. It's not so that people can look on you and call you so deep and so anointed. It's for the edification of the body of Christ, you know, that it may edify itself in love. 
by that that each member supplied to the body, you know. So he uses those gifts for that reason and that reason only. And so, uh, but there's an intercession that we receive from the Holy Spirit, and it says it in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26, the King James Bible, we just touched on it. And it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, and it should be himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings uh, which cannot be uttered. So it comes through the spirit, amen, cannot be uttered by man, you know, because we'll be, we, we'll be fighting it, we'll be resisting it, you know. But the Holy Spirit, man, he, 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 it's like he give birth for it, you know, he, with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. You know, he knows the language, he knows what to say and when to say and how much to say and who to say it to, far better than we do. Uh, the intercession of all men, and if you're a believer, amen, God is concerned about uh, our, inter- our ability to intercede. You know, you know, because he said that my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He would hear from heaven. He would forgive our sin and heal our land. And that's what he promised. So every man or woman who's a believer. OK. And it says in the book of uh, and we need to pray for those people. Okay, we need to pray for our prayer wars as I pray for all of you right now, prayer wars, intercessors, members of the creating a prayer culture for God. One of the things that we, we that we that we have inherited from the Father through the Holy Spirit is the ability to pray for others, even those who persecute us. We pray, pray for ourselves, we pray for other, other believers, others that are going to become believers. So you see, because God has enlarged our territory, so we're praying for the lost, we're praying for the backslidden, we're praying for the prodigal sons and daughters. Okay, they have a chance to come back to the Father. They have a chance to be saved. But we have to intercede knowing that if we pray and intercede, God will give increase. You know, God will give increase. And he tells us in the word that we ought to pray for all men. We ought to intercede for all men. You know, we complain about them. You know, we're praying that they will become believers. Okay, not all this other stuff. You know, as Jesus told the, told pray to the Father, we're going to learn that. The next time we, we come together about how he prayed for those that were going to be saved through the disciples that he is not interceding for. They're going to intercede for some people, too. And, and we should be, too, now because we're saved, you know. So let's see what he says in the book of First Timothy, chapter two, verse one through four, the King James Bible. Paul writes this to, to Timothy, he said, and Timothy, Timothy, look, don't complain about what they're going to do to you in the church. You're a young guy, but pray about it. Okay, pray about them older folks who think they know everything. Been in church, man, a long, long time, sitting up in there dying. Pray for them. You know, and then pray for the young crowd that's going to come in. Pray for those in between. Pray for the singles. You know, pray for all of them, Timothy. You know, he goes on to say, especially those who are going to cause you the most trouble. You know, the Sanhedrin Council. You know, the religionists, as we talked about the other week. Pray for them. You know, the governmental folks. You know, the people who hate Jesus going to hate you. People of the world, you know, care more about their system and their way of doing things, you know. He goes on to tell them, here's how Paul tells Timothy to deal with that. You know, pray for all of them, intercede for all of them. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, remember, remember what Jesus did first, you know, pray for himself. You know, he, he, made, he had several requests to the Father. But here, now he's passing this baton on to Timothy, who's going to be a bishop in charge of a, of a ministry. He says, first of all, Timothy, stop with supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, 
you know, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So the life that we live has a lot to do with the, 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 prayer, the prayer that we pray for all men, even those who persecute us or those who have rule over us, those who are in positions of, of, of a delegated authority and leadership, appointed, elected, you know, officials. Pray for them. Don't complain about them if you're not going to pray for them. Amen. Uh, he said, this is how we're going to live a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Uh, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our, our Savior. Intercess, intercession is good in the sight of God. Why? His son did it. That's right. His disciples did it. Now he's calling for everyone that's going to come through their witness, through their intercession to do it. Remember the work he did and greater works? Great. You know, that's the great work right there to intercede for all men. You know, we, we complain about all of them. And he says, in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be what? Saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. Those are two things right there he's telling you to intercede for. Mm -hmm. That they all be saved and that they come into the knowledge of the truth. Not all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are two things right there, you know. Two requests right there. He says, praying always in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 the King James Bible with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints man what a way to intercede he lays it out so plain and so clear praying always that's number one with all prayer and supplication in the spirit I don't see nowhere in there where it said all you bickering all you murmuring all you complaining all you getting upset all you getting angry getting mad swelling words saying things judging things criticizing things but he tells you right there you know swallow some of that pride humble yourself under the hand of almighty God supplication in the spirit agonizing if you need to, lamenting if you need to, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He means don't stop. Continue to pray without ceasing. Believe in God as you're praying that he's going to hear your prayer and answer you and show you great and mighty things, just like Jeremiah said in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 of the King James Bible. Don't pray if you don't believe God going to answer. As to me, that's just, you know, that's, that's, that's just vanity. If you believe God's going to do it, then pray to him like you mean that you know he's going to do it. Uh, we have the request for intercession. You know, everybody out there really wants someone to intercede. Jesus would not have came and interceded if there was not a need. It may have been an unspoken need. Some churches pray sometimes for known needs and, un and unknown needs. But there is a need out there for intercession. That's why the Lord said that my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. He knows that there's a need and he he supply all that we need according to rich and glory by Christ Jesus. He does it through the church. So a praying church is going to be an effective church, going to be a powerful church. You know, a church that don't pray or don't emphasize prayer is going to be a lot of complaining, a lot of bickering, a lot of murmuring, backbiting, fighting, competition, division, you know, all that stuff. You know, you're going to have it in that church. You know, people complain about the pastor, the bishop, you know, everybody in there don't like that sister over there, don't like that head deacon over there, don't like this, don't like that, you know, you know, because of lack of prayer. Prayer keeps that church, keeps those things out of that church, That's those right. evil spirits. They ain't coming up in no praying church. You know, they ain't messing with them saints because they have a prayer life. So there's a request going out for intercession. This is why Jesus right now is asking the father to sanctify his disciples. He's interceding for them. There's a need. You know, uh, the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 24, the King James Bible. Let's look in the church and kind of see here what Paul said. Then answered Simon and said, pray ye to the Lord for me. 
that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. See, he's asking the church to pray for him. He don't want them things that he see going on around him to come on him. So he asked them to pray for him. So if you're going to complain about him, let's pray about him. You know, let's pray about it. Let's pray about the clergy. Let's pray about the body of Christ. Let's pray about those in leadership in the church. Let's pray about it. God's will be done in their life. If there's to be any judging and conviction, let God do it. You know, we pray. You know, uh, the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 30, King James Bible, he says this. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers for God for me. There's that need for intercession. Look at what Paul is writing here. Paul want to make sure, man, I got the prayers of the saints backing me. You know, he don't want any, anybody like that praying for him, but he want people that he know believe in prayer, praying for him. Yes. You know, you know, goes on in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, the King James Bible. And he says this, he's writing these letters to the church now, putting an emphasis on prayer, intercessory prayer. Ye also uh, helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Paul said, the more y'all praying, the better off we're going to be in the long run. You know, we're going to see some miracles. We're going to see some signs. We're going to see some breakthroughs. We're going to see some breakouts. We're going to see some people being filled with the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. receiving power. You know, Paul said the more of us that will stop complaining and convert over and begin to pray together in the spirit realm with the Holy Ghost helping us. He goes on to say in the book of Colossians chapter four, verse three, the King James Bible, that need for intercession is what we're talking about right now. Whether praying also for us that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Mm. Paul said, look, if y'all would pray and stop complaining about my shortcomings and my fishing and so are the rest of these people in the church. He said, look, what might happen? I might get a door of utterance open that God will speak to you through the spirit, through me. You know, but you pray for that. Pray, pray that God will open that door, that I might be able to speak the mysteries of God, reveal those revelations, reveal those secrets as they are revealed to me, for which I am in bond. Paul said, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for this. I've learned how to be hungry. I've learned how to be full. i learned how to abase and abound. But whatever situation I find myself in, I've learned how to be content therewith because I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the one that have apprehended me to apprehend him. You know, I'm in bonds to that. I'm a slave to that. I ain't going to stop until that happens. He goes on to the to tell the first Thessalonian church, uh, chapter five, verse 25, the King James Bible. He says, brethren, pray for us. You know, Paul talking to them, complaining. heathens. that Paul said, pray for us. You complaining. You're pointing the finger. You're backbiting me. You don't believe in what I'm saying because I used to persecute you with permission from, 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 from Caesar, from Rome, you know, but pray for me. If you don't like it, pray for me, brethren. You know, but a powerful request, you know, for intercession uh, in the book of Second Thessalonians, chapter three, verse one, the King James Bible. He said, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord. Here's another one. He said, I, I love this man specific what he wants to pray for the word of the that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. you know, don't you talk about you a believer, you born again by the word and not want that for someone else. You know, pray for it, you know, that the word of the Lord will have free course, 
You know, not hindered by any false teaching, false doctrine, false prophecy, no argument. You know, nobody adding to it, taking from it, nobody disputing it, debating it. Let it have free course, you know. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 18, 19, the King James Bible, he said, pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech ye the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Paul is saying, look, I have more to say to you. You know, I'm going to other churches, visiting other places right now, making sure that they got their stuff together. But he said, I pray that God open a way that I can do this work and come back to you, you know, with a good conscience. In the meantime, Paul said, look, I'm coming back with a good conscience. I need to know while I'm away that you still maintain a good conscience. So let's pray one, one for another that your conscience be good, my conscience be good, so that when we come back together, it will be in honesty. We won't have to come back mad, upset. You won't be, have to be mad, upset that I came back to correct you. you know, but it'll be, it'll be an honest re regathering or recoming together. We have intercession that is, that is exemplified in the Bible. It, it, it's a high premium is put on it. So it must be important. Why? Because Jesus interceded for his disciples. He interceded for himself. He interceded for the ones that the disciples were going to be interceding for later on after he's departed. You know, and so he says over here in the book of uh, Exodus, chapter 32, verse 31 and 32, the King James Bible, he says, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, here's that prayer, that communication, talking to the Lord. Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Little bitty gods, little S's, little, 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 little gods, the G-O-D, little S. He says, yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin. Now, he's talking to the God. He's interceding. And if not, <coughs> blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. You know, now Moses got this relationship with God. He can be honest and transparent with God. Isn't that what Paul just said? Our goal should be to be honest. Yes. You know, and Moses being honest. He's saying, Lord, I've been out here laboring with them, trying to get your message across to them. You done bought them out of Egypt. I'm not going to give up on them, Father. And if I don't see any success down the road, I'm praying to you, I'm talking to you about it, I ain't complaining about it with them, then block me out. Just block me out of the book. I don't have nothing to do with it. And he knew God wasn't going to do that. You know, God, God valued Moses. Moses has a powerful lineage, you know. And so he knew God wasn't going to do that. But he's testing God. He wants God to prove who he is. You know, I tell people sometimes, I don't have to prove to you who God is. I have to prove to you who God is to me. And he want to prove himself to you who he is to you. He told me, man, he said, you just make sure you can defend who you say I am. I can defend who I say I am. That's what, that's what the Lord is saying. And so Moses here, man, is telling God, I, God, I need you to prove, you know, to these people, you know, that you're God. I, I've done everything that you, you've asked me to do. I ain't giving up on them. But God, if you, don't, if you don't do this for them, forgive their sins, touch their heart, turn them around, do, move in a mighty way by your spirit, then Lord, just brought me out of the book because all my prayers have been in vain. He knew that wasn't true. But see, that's that intercession in him, driving him. He's interceding. He's willing to put his, his life on the line to be kicked out of the plan. That's intercession, y'all. That's agonizing, y'all. Mm. You know, that's, that's the kind of intercession we need right there. You know, 
He goes on in the book of Psalms, chapter 125, verse 40, King James Bible. It says, do good, O Lord, unto those that be good and to them that are upright in their hearts. Look how David is exemplifying this intercession thing, uh, you know, to the Lord. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 40, 40, King James Bible says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You know, we say this all the time, but that in that level of intercession right there takes everything to another level. It is exemplified. It is exalted above anything else, above complaining, bickering and murmuring. You know, uh, chapter uh, the book of Acts, chapter seven, verse 60, the King James Bible. Let's let's amplify this and exemplify this a little bit more. This this ministry of intercession, it says, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. We know who this is about. We said this is about Deacon Stephen. You know, as Paul is sitting there watching the, the coats and the jackets of the ones who are stoning him. They went from throwing little rocks to get him to change his mind. He kept interceding. They got a little bit bigger rocks. He kept interceding. They threw him in a pit. He kept on interceding. Then they start pushing boulders in there on him and he kept on interceding. Okay. Why? He was full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. You know. And he interceded. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just like Jesus. Imitating Jesus. Interceding for them just like Jesus interceding for him. Paul had a problem with that. But he couldn't do nothing about it. In the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 9 the King James Bible, he says, hey, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. You know, we're going to complain about it always in our conversation, then make mention of them in the prayers always in our conversation with God. You know, as we talk with God. Uh, goes on in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, the King James Bible says, Wherefore, also, we pray always for you. I love this always thing. That our God <coughs> will count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and works of faith with power. No, no prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. It's power in prayer. Amen. You know, God want to, uh, uh, wherefore we pray always, you know, for you, you know, you know, for God to count it all worthy, the calling on your life. You know, some folk, man, uh, they, they, they say they call, but they don't pray. They don't pray. Don't pray for nobody. Send people away or send somebody to pray for them. Uh, so intercession uh, of Jesus Christ pleading uh, what that word means, uh, interceding Jesus Christ. It, it means pleading or praying on behalf of another, as we stated earlier. Book, book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 32, the King James Bible says this. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. This is what he's doing now with the disciples. You know, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. This is in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 34, the King James Bible, why he was on the cross. He's still praying and interceding. So, you know, you do it from the beginning to the end. You know, you don't you don't do. I already prayed, Pastor. I did pray, Pastor. I hear that so much from people. You know, Pastor, I did pray before you can even get it out your mouth. Pastor, I, I, pray. I know what you're going to say, Pastor. I prayed already. Like it's a one-time thing. This is who we are, intercessors. Amen. Goes on in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 22, the King James Bible. He says, but I know that even now 
whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Come on, somebody. But you got to ask in order to receive. Seek in order to find. Knock and it'll be open to you. You don't stop. You pray without ceasing. The book of John, chapter 14, verse 16, the King James Bible. These are some scriptures we already been over in the earlier teaching. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Why? You're going to need that intercession. You're going to need that moaning and groaning that he can do according to the, 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 the mind of God, the will of God. You know, we don't know how to do that yet. Uh, the book of John, chapter 17, verse 9, the King James Bible, where we at right now, getting ready to go to this next verse. He said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. There it is. I told you. He said, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are mine or they are thine, you know, because they're thine, they're mine. So obviously I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to see for them, mm. not for the world. Mm. He goes on in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 20. The King James Bible, he says, neither pray I for these alone, listen now, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Pastor Sharon told you this morning, gave you a little secret, gave you a little mystery there. It says that, hey, the word of our testimony is not just a testimony, but it's the word of our testimony. You know, it's got to be a link to the scripture. Uh, the book of Romans chapter 8 again verse 34 the King James Bible who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died yea rather that is uh, arisen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us just reemphasizing this the book of Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 the King James Bible wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession of them. So an example of intercession now in, in not only the life of Jesus, but in the life of, a, of another believer uh, in the book of Ephesians, chapter one, verse 16, the King James Bible, Paul says it this way. Cease not to give thanks for God. So for you. So intercession has a lot to do with thanksgiving to y'all, not just ask, 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 ask. But also thanksgiving for what he's already done, 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 is doing and promised to do for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. Okay, this is Paul talking now. Got to make mention of you. If I got a problem with you, there's something going on with you. Like we still we still making mention of Brother Kevin in our prayers. Pastor Eric's father in our prayers. This is what we do. Deacon McNair in our prayer. This is what we do. We don't forget. We keep praying until we see the change of the manifestation. Okay, so so we just kind of dealt with verse number eight. Now let's go down here and deal with with uh, verse number nine. Let's pick it up in verse number nine. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Okay, we're in we're in the book of John now, chapter seventeen, verse nine. We just laid out. Some foundation there. So now we're getting ready to, 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 to get into the meat of it. So now we see here where Jesus Christ prayed for his disciples. What an awesome example of leadership. Uh, let me say that again. What an awesome example of leadership. He ain't called for no deacon. He ain't called for no elder. He didn't call for nobody else. He actually prayed for them himself. Because if God has given them to, to, to him, then to show leadership and appreciation, pray for them, intercede for them. You know, that's leadership. Just because they had been entrusted to him, how many of us pray for things, people, and places that have been entrusted to us by God? 
You know, we say, God bless me with this house. God bless me with this car. God bless me with this job. God bless me with this work, this boss. Or God bless me with these coworkers. God bless me to be a supervisor. But how many of you, okay, pray for these things that God have entrusted you with, people that God has entrusted you with, you know, people you work with, co-laborers, you know, how many of you, how many of you pray for what God has entrusted you with? You don't have to give me no answer. Just think about it, okay? Uh, verse 10, he goes on to say, uh, and all mine are thine. He's talking to the Father now. He's praying. And thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. Listen to Jesus. He said, I'm glorified in them, Father. Father, when you look at them, you ought to see me in them because yes. I poured myself into them. Yes. And if you don't, Father, then I have not completed the work that you told me to do. I have made you known to them. They know who you are now through my testimony, through the word of my testimony, which was your word that you gave me. And so he putting God in remembrance now of the work that he was supposed to complete and do. And he did it. Uh, but the, uh, their reason was because they belonged to both Jesus and God the Father. Because glory came to Jesus Christ through them. What is coming to Jesus Christ and God, our God, and God, our God, and God the Holy Spirit, our God, helper, comforter, and counselor. It's all coming through us through by way of the Holy Spirit, our God, you know, which is going to glorify God. That's why he prays for us because we don't know how. That's why he was sent to us to be a comforter, to be a helper, to be a counselor, to be a guide. Why? He knew us left to ourselves. We don't know how to talk to God. We don't know how to pray as we should. We don't know how to communicate with God without the Holy Spirit. And he knew that if we were left alone to do that, God wouldn't get no glory. Jesus wouldn't get no glory. He wouldn't get no glory. So he don't trust us you know, to, to do it on our own, to have, lean our own understanding. This is why he gives us the spirit of truth to help us to pray as we ought to pray, because we don't know how to pray as we should. Now, he gave the disciples a model prayer, you know, in the book of Matthew, I think chapter 6, and he told them, when you pray, pray in this manner. We do that every Wednesday night, except for the, you know, the, 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 the night that I pray, you know, we, 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 we kind of pray from our heart. We still pray in the name of Jesus. Yes. We still reference scriptures that are in that prayer. Abba, Father, we start in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is how we enter. We enter into his presence. That's how we come before his throne. We don't just buzz up in there and say, God, you know what I need. God warns me. God, I'm going through again. Yes. A lot of people do. I told God about it. I told God. I was giving commands to God. You know. And so he said, because glory came to Jesus Christ through them, you know, mm -hmm. what is coming to Jesus Christ and to God, you know, our God, you know, uh, God, the Holy Ghost is going to be the one behind that. Our helper, our comfort, our counselor. Verse 11, he says, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. Talking about the disciples that are left behind. And I come to thee, you know, I'm, 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 I'm ready to come to you, Father, and get my glory back. You know, mm -hmm. Holy Father. Keep through thine own name yes. those whom thou hast given me, yes. that they may be one as we are. Man, listen to this prayer, man, for them. You know, he didn't want them divided against himself, house divided against itself. He know can't stand. And he know that if the father don't keep them, they won't be kept. You know, he gave them to him, but he didn't want it to be a, a short-lived, uh, uh, you know, uh, give, gift to them. He wanted them to be kept for, for, for decades, generations to come. Uh, okay, this is all done because Jesus Christ, so long with them, had been so long with them, is leaving the world they call home. Mm -hmm. 
That wasn't his home. That was their home. He just visited for a short time. Their home, but not his home. In the world, not, but not of the world. Jesus, you know, was just like us, or supposed to be, we like him, just a sojourner that passed through this world on our way home to spend eternity with the Father, saints, and the rest of the angels. Amen. Jesus Christ makes the request at this juncture that God will keep them and keep them together as one, unified, you know, together as one, one for many, one body, many members, one faith, one baptism, one spirit. Amen. You know, neatly, fitly, rightly joined together by God, the Holy Ghost, because they were in the world where there is trials and tribulations. He wanted them to be of good cheer. So he ends up praying uh, for even them, even the more. Because he knows what's going to be ahead. Remember, he had told them so many times when when they saw him being hated by those who opposed him, those religious people. The, 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 the high priest, you know, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the hypocrites. And so he's telling them, look, I'm physically here with you right now. They tried to take me and they couldn't. They tried to take some of you and they couldn't because God wanted to finish the work. They could not destroy me unless God allowed it. And God did not send me to be destroyed, but he sent me to destroy the works of the enemy and to empower you how to be able to destroy those same works that you might be able to tread upon serpents and scrub over all the power and works of the enemy. That's what I'm praying for. Okay. And he says, and so once I physically leave, the one that's going to come to be with you, to help you, the paracletos walk alongside of you. You're not going to be able to physically relate to him the way you physically relate to me right now. So you're going to have to know a little bit about the Holy God, the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father, the comforter, the counselor, the one that's going to teach you how to pray because you won't know how to pray. You went with me in the Garden of Gethsemane just to prove the point, And I told you to tarry right there for one hour and pray and you fell asleep. So you know if you couldn't do it for one hour with me being here, it's going to be even more of a trial and a tribulation for you with the Holy Spirit because you can't see him. But you have to acknowledge him. He will be there with you, walking alongside of you to perform my word and to teach you and show you things to come. So I'm telling you about him now. I'm making you aware of him now. So that when I leave and these trials and these tribulations that is in this world start coming, you will continue to be of good cheer because it's, it's, it's going down the same way I told you before I left. Not going to leave you comfortless. You know, not going to do that. OK. And so he prayed for them even the more. Verse 12, he says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. OK, those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition. Old Judas, man, you know, the one that Satan had his hand on. He's lost. He's gone. Satan lost that, that fight. That the scripture might be fulfilled. Okay. It's okay for Jesus Christ to pray for them in this great intercessor's, intercessor's manner because he had kept them and not one of them had been lost. So he feels an obligation here. He believed that because I have previously prayed for you, that's why you're still here. You know, nobody was lost. Yes, Jesus Christ kept them and had lost none at this point in his life and ministry. Man, that, that's something right there, y'all. 
God is still keeping us. We still here. We, we, we haven't gone anywhere, took out the building, but we still having great church. We're still learning how to pray and praying every, every morning, you know, praying on Wednesday night, you know. You know, prayer is still a part, a vibrant part of who we are. Verse 13, he says, and now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world that they might have more joy fulfilled in themselves. This is Jesus. Now, listen to what he's praying for them. You know, he said, wait a minute. You just talked about trials and tribulations. Now you're talking about joy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, be of good cheer. You know, let, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let weeping endure for a night, but let joy come in the morning. Book of Psalms, chapter 30, verse 5, King James Bible. You know, be of good cheer. You know, I've already overcome this world, you know. Therefore, Jesus Christ makes another request of the Father on behalf of his disciples, <coughs> that they might have his joy in all its fullness, joy of the Lord to be their strength like no other that would reach them whenever they needed it. You know why? It's a fruit of the spirit. You got the Holy Ghost, the Paracletos. He'll give you joy when he know you need joy. We, instead of hanging your head down, he's going to be there to convict and remind you. This is not a sad moment. This is a moment that God wants to be glorified. You know, he said that I'd be glorified through them. Just like I glorified you, you were glorified through me. You know, Father. And when they did, you know, when they needed it, it was there. Uh, verse 14, he says, I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So even here, Jesus Christ is still making requests of his father on behalf of his disciples. Jesus Christ requests that God keep them from the evil one, meaning Satan, who goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour. Why? Because he wants them to know before he go that the world hated them. This is so important. He ain't keeping this from them. They ain't going to be surprised by this. He's telling them beforehand. He wants them to know. And he's praying to the father that, Father, I need you to keep them because they're going to be hated by the world. They're going to do all kinds of stuff to shut them down, bash them as Christians. Verse 14, 15, he says, I pray not that thou should have take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them <laughs> from the evil that is coming. But because they were needed in the world, okay, he prays this prayer. They're needed, you know, to continue to do the work he did and the good works, the greater works that he had begun in them and greater works that they would do as he had already declared. With this, they were needed in the world. Jesus knew this. The father knew this. Just like we and other believers, witnesses are needed in this world of the darkness and the desolation. Free people with the help of the Holy Ghost will free people. You know, it's for the sake of freedom and liberty that God has made us free. So that others might be free. Verse 16, he says, they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Since now, because they are now of the same nature as Jesus Christ, his imitators, his followers, doing the work he did and greater works that awaits them once he is glorified. How is this going to happen, Pastor? Verse 17 gives us the key. He says, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Jesus Christ's request on behalf of his disciples continues. Jesus Christ's next request was that God would sanctify them with 
the word because his uh, his word is the truth. As a result, God wants us and every believer to know the truth and he wants that truth to make us free. Okay, and when Jesus Christ, the way, the truth and the life makes us free, then and only then are we free indeed. Only then will all of us be truly free. In the book of John, chapter 17, verse 16 and 17, he said, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. What is sanctification? What is sanctification? How does God sanctify them? The word sanctification has to do with holiness and to sanctify something is to set it apart for a special use. Yeah. To sanctify someone is to make them holy, okay? Sanctify the believer. Sanctification is that renewal of a fallen nature by the Holy Ghost received through faith in Jesus Christ, whose blood of atonement cleanses from all sin, wow. whereby we are not only delivered from the guilt of sin, but are washed. Amen. Washed from his pollution, saved from his power and are enabled through grace to love God. And so what is the biblical meaning of sanctification? It is a transitive verb that means to set apart to a sacred purpose or it, the, the definition said a religious purpose. But I'm going to say a spiritual purpose. Consecrate. OK, we use that word a lot to free from sin, to purify. How do believers sanctify themselves? To consecrate yourself is what you need to do, is to answer God's call to spiritual consecration. Not just to say, I'm going to stop doing this, I'm going to try to stop doing that. This means making a conscious, willing decision to dedicate your soul, mind, heart, and body to God. This decision must be one of will, intelligence, and affection. Only you can make the decision to consecrate yourself to God. Not an arm twisting affair, beat down, you know. It means to sanctify. What does that mean? This verb is used with an object, sanctified, sanctifying, to make holy, to set apart uh, as sacred, consecrate, to purify or free from sin, sanctify your hearts, to impart, uh, it says, religious sanctions to, but I'm going to say spiritual sanctions to, to render legitimate a binding, to sanctify a vow. OK, to entitle to reverence or respect. OK, verse 18 says, and thou hast sent me into the world. Even so have I also sent them into the world. I didn't just send them the way they were when I met them. I sent them sanctified by thy word. Now, thy word is truth. And I told them to go in my name and whatever they do, do in my name. And they came back and said, even demons tremble at that name. It was a sanctified, consecrated, set aside name. And it was power in that name, you know? And he said, you know, now became now because they were sent into the world. So they uh, would need to be sanctified, purified, consecrated, separated, holy and filled, sealed, healed and walking in the victory of our Lord, uh, of our God, which he had given to every believer during that time. Verse 19. And we're going to end right here. And and for their sakes, I sanctify thyself and they also might be sanctified through the truth. That's key now through the truth. They've been hearing nothing but the truth up until this point. You cannot be prepared to do the work he did and greater works minus the truth. It's got to be predicated on the truth. OK, Jesus was that truth. OK, why? Because sanctification 
being set apart to God, consecrated, separated, called out, okay, is the proven way to salvation for all. No other way. Jesus Christ is it. Jesus Christ is the way to salvation. He's the way of truth. He's the way of righteousness. He's the way of peace. He's the prince of peace. You know, he is our sanctification. He is our wisdom. He's our redemption. Okay. He's our redeemer. He's the way to truth in the life. And so he's preparing them by sanctifying them with the truth. Amen. And he prayed to the father that he would continue to sanctify them while he's in transition, being glorified with thy word, which is truth. All right, then. So, Father, we thank you tonight. Thank we you. praise you tonight for this teaching, for your word tonight. Father, we've made a sincere effort tonight, Lord God, to talk about intercession, which is an imitate, which we imitate Jesus Christ in doing so. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is our intercessor right now, who helps us in our intercession. And we thank you that we have been called out, separated, consecrated, sanctified, Lord God, cleansed or regenerated, renewed in our minds and in our spirits, Lord God. All the pollution is gone, Lord God, and we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. We've been cleansed of all unrighteousness. And so, Father, tonight, Lord God, we just thank you, Lord God, that we are sanctified unto the Lord by thy word, which is truth. Even now, God, for those who have heard your word tonight, I pray that this word has begun a washing and a regeneration and a renewing in the spirits and the, the lives, even the physical bodies, souls, and hearts of the people who have heard tonight, Lord God, what is required to be sanctified and consecrated and set aside for your sacred purpose, to be witnesses, oh God, to be free people, the free people, God, as the Holy Spirit works through us to bring about the will of God, the purpose of God, and the plan of God, not we in our own understanding, but God in the name of Jesus. It's the truth, Lord God, that have made us free. And if the Son, who is the truth, has made us free, then he will make others free as we make yes, him known. We thank you now for keeping all those that have already been saved. We thank you now for those that are going to be saved by those who you are keeping that are already saved. Use your men and women right now, God. Let signs and wonders follow those who believe tonight. God, I thank and praise you tonight. Not about a title, but it's about your word. It's not about the word only, but it's about power. The Holy Ghost give us power to be witnesses when he comes upon us. And we witness the truth, God. We witness the truth because there's power in the truth, God. And so, Father, we thank and praise you right now that we've been sanctified by thy word. Thy word is truth to go forth, Lord God, and free the captives, oh God, to go forth, God, and let the Holy Ghost send that yoke-destroying anointing through the people of God as they stand on the truth, that they hope in the truth, Lord. And so, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor tonight for this sanctifying word in Jesus' name. Let it not come back, Lord, until it do what you please in the purpose of which you sent it. Sanctify now, mm -hmm. consecrate now, separate now, call out now. And we give you praise going on for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise yes, the Lord. Yes.